to Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. What's going on, Black Light listeners? It is your favorite co-host, Sierra Cobb. And I am here solo today just to speak to you guys about how we can advocate for more rehabilitative environment inside the prisons. I've just been getting so many emails about the culture and the environment of the prison system. And I'm sure you've heard on, you know, the interviews that we have conducted of people just speaking about the environment that they're in and how it is not rehabilitative at all and how it is really dehumanizing and how you have to fight through so many things just to better yourself. And to be a better person and still maintain that during incarceration with the culture that we have. Because throwing people in solitary confinement is not going to fix anything. And remind you, anybody could be thrown in solitary confinement for anything. They don't even have to have like actual factual proof. They could just throw you in there for anything. And it is disgusting that you have people that actually want to uphold that culture against their own people. It's disgusting. If you support that, that is disgusting. And I want you to know that. That is oppression. And oppression is disgusting. Nobody should be oppressed. So, you know, you got to think about it. When you're throwing somebody in solitary confinement, you are throwing them in a four by six cell. And you are shutting off all types of human contact. The only contact that they have or the only thing that they have now that they didn't have years ago is tablets that they are able to get. But you still can't communicate. Well, not in North Carolina, you can't. Some states, they still will let you make a call a day when you come out. But North Carolina shuts off all types of communication. And I don't think that's right, that you should shut off communication because Everybody's loved one is in, in an unsafe environment in prison. Prison is never safe for anybody. So it's valuable that there is some type of human contact, especially when you have them in a cell for 23 hours a day and then you let them out in a, a cage, an actual cage. They're not going out in the yard. They're going out in a cage like they're dogs. And that's another disgusting factor that I only America understands that because I don't <laughs> anyway I I can't I just we we have to do something better and so I want to talk about Norway's prison culture in this episode we will explore the unique and progressive prison culture in Norway Norway's approach to incarceration stands in stark contrast to traditional punitive systems found in many other countries, America. With a focus on rehabilitation, Norway's prison system aims to create conducive environment for personal growth and transformation. Those are the two key words. Personal growth and transformation. That is what the definition of true rehabilitation means. And I need for all of the prisons to understand that. That is what that means. What y'all got going on is not rehabilitation. It is year by year, minute by minute, hour by hour, tearing down every person that is incarcerated. That's what it's doing. It's not reforming them. It's not making them understand what they did was wrong. None of that. That's not what that's doing. You're creating a whole different animal and monster because of the environment, because of how staff acts, because of what goes on and how there's no type of healing. Anyway, 
The Norwegian prison system is based on principle of normalization. Normalization, which seeks to create living environment that is also close to the outside world as possible. Do y'all hear that? Let me read again. Which seeks creative living environment that is close to the outside world as possible. Not cutting human contact where you can only visit for an hour. You can't really hug. You can't kiss. There is no type of family-oriented things going on over here. Now, California is different. California has made strides to not only make sure that there's still family functioning going on, but also that if they have children, that they are closer to a facility to their children so that their family members don't have to travel long hours to see them. They don't have to worry about bringing a toddler or a baby into the prison and worried about them getting kicked out of visit because the child is being disruptive. You don't have to worry about that because they believe in family structure. A lot of people don't have family structure and that's why they end up in there. So why not help them recreate something that they never had? Instead, you want to be in control of everything they do. Because over here, we believe in slavery. And that is what slavery is. Controlling every single thing that you do and making it limited as possible. This includes providing people incarcerated with education, training, and even employment opportunities that will help them adjust to life outside of prison and reduce the risk of reoffending. Something that we over here do not understand. It is about true education, not these little BS programs that prisons have, and I'm talking about North Carolina, that we have. And then the only time you can have a job, if you got long periods of time, you can get a job as working in the kitchen, it's being a janitor, or you can go to a facility that has you know, some type of manufacturing there, but they actually let them get some true job training that they can take with them when they leave. Additionally, Norway has a strict policy for no solitary confinement. I'll read it again. Norway has a strict policy for no solitary confinement and encourages incarcerated individuals to maintain contact with their family and friends. This is what I need for America to understand. You can safely run a prison without solitary confinement. There is data behind it and here is a whole country doing it, Norway. So you can't tell me that you cannot run these prisons safely without having to dehumanize them even more than you already are. I'm sick and tired of hearing prisons stirring people in solitary confinement for no reason. They be in there for days, weeks, months, years. That is unacceptable. And we have to stand up as the people and tell them no more. Because I need for y'all to understand that this is your tax paying dollars. That, that, that money that they take out each time you get paid, remember, it is going to Department of Corrections. Remember, it is going to lawsuits that happen because of Department of Corrections or police brutality or whatever else that the government is doing to their people. This is where your money is going. And it takes a lot to run solitary confinement. So it is up to us to say no more because this is what we're paying. And they're, and they, I guess they ain't got no common sense because I need to understand they're paying for it too. You're working for a facility that you're paying taxes for. And when something happens or when one of your colleagues do something that they're not supposed to, and they get sued, the whole prison system gets sued. Your money's going towards that too. So you're working and then you're also giving them money to settle lawsuits because 
they don't want to act like a human being. They don't want to act accordingly and treat people as if they are humans because of where they're at. And my thing is a lot of people in prison are wrongfully convicted and they are subject to that treatment because they are wrongfully convicted because the courts get it wrong all the time. I don't blame the jurors. I don't because jurors, they're everyday people. A lot of them are not just as impacted. It might be some here and there are just as impacted, but a lot of them aren't. So they don't know the system. And all they do is go off of what the judge, the judge's instructions and the supposed evidence and whoever created the best picture is what the juror goes off. So I blame the courts. I blame prosecution because it's always about making somebody pay. Even if you don't even got the right person. There's countless people that has been on this podcast that has been wrongfully convicted, that has been accused of a crime that they did not do. I blame police because they're the first ones that investigate and then they hand their information over to the prosecutors. Anyway, I'm I'm going to digress on that. I'm going to digress and I'm going to continue. To understand Norway's prison culture, it is important to consider its historical context. In the 19th century, Norway transitioned from corporal punishment to a more humane approach to imprisonment. And they did this in the 19th century, y'all. So it ain't no way America can't do it. The shift was driven by the belief that incarceration should serve as a means of reforming individuals rather than simply punishing them. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. This was a progressive approach to criminal justice for the time, and it has had a long-lasting impact on Norway's prison culture. The emphasis on rehabilitation rather than punishment is still evident today and is reflected in the country's more humane approach to incarceration. This shift in belief also led to reforms in the way that incarcerated individuals were treated. Programs were introduced to help incarcerated individuals reintegrate into society, such as job training and educational programs. Additionally, excuse me, y'all. Sorry. My bad again. Norway places an emphasis on providing incarcerated individuals with basic human rights, such as access to medical care and the right to vote. As a result, Norway's prison system has been praised for its humane approach to incarceration, and it has become a model for other countries. Where's the model for United States of America? Like why? I'm just not understanding why they have not even tried to attempt to implement this. Now, I heard that Governor Newsom in California is trying to implement that in San Quentin. And I give him kudos for even thinking about it and being the actual first governor that wants to bring a culture like Norway's culture to America, because I think it's important that we start somewhere. Okay, like this is a real thing. Like I'll work with somebody named Craig Waleed, Dr. Craig Waleed, who took a trip over there. Him and a bunch of other, some people were formerly incarcerated, some wasn't, I think. But went over there and actually toured their prisons to see face-to-face what it really was like. And I will link his information below because he spoke on it since he came back. And you would be amazed at the things they do there. Like, if they do use solitary confinement, it's no more than, like, maybe a cool-off, and it may be an hour. Like, it's not, oh, you're going to go for 10 days, and we investigate, and then give you another 20 or 30 more days on top of that, or send you to Icon, and you're in there for years. No, they do not do that. And he also said that in their cells, like, the toilet is made in the seat, so it's not, I mean, in the in the concrete. 
and it has a lot of lighting and it's not a parking lot size. So it's not like you can really harm yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah, that is that. Lord God. Tift is the belief also led to reforms in a way that incarcerated incarcerated were treated. Okay, I read that. As a result, Norway's prison system has been praised for the humane approach to incarceration and has become a model for all countries. Norway's incarceration rate is low because citizens believe that the goal of prison should be to help incarcerated succeed after release. And because of the introduction of programs to help prisoners, I'm sorry, incarcerated individuals reintegrate into society. That is really important. They are really about healing and making sure that they succeed so they don't have a high recidivism rate. I'm sure they're not out there banning the box or even though we don't have banned the box, they the percentage is 27% of formerly incarcerated people cannot find a job. Even though in most states, Ban the box in cities, ban the box is gone. You still have people that discriminate because you have a record. The whole labeling thing is disgusting. Like, it's crazy because we put labels on people like we're not a part of that label. Like, we've never done anything, you know, to not break the law. Like, everybody's done something they weren't supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So why why isn't everybody under that label of a felon or offender or Stop labeling people. Like, we always got labels for things. Like, stop labeling human humanity. We are human beings. We make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. No, by the philosophy of rehabilitation. One of the key aspects in Norway's prison culture is its strong emphasis on rehabilitation. Once again, all you're going to keep hearing is rehabilitation because that is what it should be. The goal is to provide incarcerated individuals with the necessary tools and support to reintegrate into society successfully. This approach is based on the belief that individuals can change and that punishment alone does not address the root cause of the criminal behavior. They get it. They get it. They understand that punishment does not resolve anything. America believes that punishing somebody is going to resolve the root cause if they did that crime is going to resolve why they did it. No, how about we start healing these people so they can start understanding why it happened. When you are so traumatized, your brain is is it's just shut off. Like, I don't think people realize that. When you are traumatized, your brain shuts off. And it's like basically like you're living off the grid. So you're not making conscious decisions. You're making unconscious decisions because your brain connection, your brain is not connecting with the rest of your body. Everybody needs to remember your brain is is the machine, is the robot in your body, is what keeps everything going. So if that is not healthy, the rest of you is not going to be healthy. So I need for I need for America to start understanding, especially these politicians, these people in power. Them in particular, because the people get it. They don't. They don't want to see it. They they get it, but they really don't want to see it because they don't want to let go of those servitude dollars because they make so much money off of people incarcerated. Norway doesn't have to make money off of people incarcerated because they re-heal and rehabilitate their community. When you are healing your community, then you don't have to worry about people coming into prison. When you're giving your community valid, sustainable resources, you don't have to worry about anybody having any type of interaction with the government. None. Now, I'm not saying they do everything right, but they have a good idea of how it's supposed to go. And when it comes to this incarceration, they've been doing it to, since the 19th century, then they have a 
pretty good idea. And it's been working and it has worked and it's going to continue to work because that is how it's supposed to be. The focus on education and vocational training. Education and vocational training play a critical role in Norway's prison system. Incarcerated individuals are provided with opportunities to gain new skills and acquire knowledge that can help them secure employment upon release. This focuses on education not only increases their chances of finding meaningful employment, but also helps in reducing recidivism rates. Norway has one of the lowest recidivism rates in the world with only 20% of incarcerated individuals committing another crime within two years of release. 20%, y'all. 20%. My favorite thing, restorative justice. Norway's prison culture also places a significant emphasis on restorative justice. That is my motto, y'all. Restorative justice fixes a lot of things. This approach encourages dialogue between the victims, the offenders, and the community to address the harm caused by the crime. By involving all parties, it aims to promote healing, understanding, and accountability, leading to a more peaceful and cohesive society. Yes, that is what restorative justice is. It takes the victim, it takes the accused, and they work together through that trauma. Okay? And by working together, it helps the accused understand what might have caused them to act like that, and it helps the victim to forgive the accused for what they did. That's it. Ain't that amazing, y'all? Like, that, that is amazing. This approach emphasizes the importance of understanding the root cause, root causes of crime and working together to find solution. Now, this is what your defense and your prosecution is supposed to do. Working together to find a solution. They, they, their solution is the punitive punishment of giving you un-God-forbid amount of time or the death penalty or life without parole, I digress. It also promotes collaborative problem solving and the idea that all parties should be held accountable for their actions. That right there. The collaborative problem solving idea. That is important that you are teaching your community how to solve problems. Because if you're teaching them how to solve problems amongst themselves, you know what? That cuts out the police coming in. That cuts out people possibly getting shot or killed. That cuts down on prison population. Like we have to get back to being able to solve problems between ourselves and not calling the police and not escalating to the point where we feel like we want to shoot one another, okay? Because that, that's, that's, not, that's not the answer. That didn't fix the problem. Now somebody's dead and that's just, that's just crazy. So being able to problem solve and, and be accountable is really important, y'all. You know, like, and that's why I'm glad that you know, I'll work for an organization that sees that and wants to promote that into our communities to understand that it's community and no police. Like a lot of people be like, oh, I don't fool with the police. But then as soon as somebody comes to that house acting crazy, they want to call the police. You see what I'm saying? We got to be able to problem solve and de-escalate situations on our own. Nothing is never that serious enough to take somebody's life over. And I'm just speaking from my thoughts. I honestly don't think once when you are making a conscious decision and you have kind of healed through that trauma, 
you're not even going to get to that level of feeling like you need to take somebody's life. You're just not. So restorative justice is really important for it to be implemented in every city, in every community. That should be the main thing that they do in court is do restorative justice. They're not healing anybody. They are leaving victims' families still hurt, not healed. They're they're tearing families apart because they're giving the accused all of this time, even if they actually committed the crime, they're giving them all this time or putting them to death. And a lot of people that we've seen lately they put to death was innocent. So we're taking upon ourselves to state-sanctioned kill people and not even find out if that's the truth. Like it's it's not it's not a cohesive problem solving at all, like in nothing in America. And it has to, we have to do that, y'all. That that's very important. That we really start to try to implement restorative justice in the communities, in the courtrooms, in the prisons, everywhere. By implementing restorative justice, Norway is hoping to reduce recidivism rates and create a more just and equitable society. Like they want their whole society to be well, y'all. The whole, that that just, it blows my mind because when you're over here, people don't think like that. So you're just like to, to see another country do it and speak about it is amazing because that cuts down on crime, that cuts down on recidivism, but they care about their society. They care about their community. That means their politicians and, and people with power care about their community when people over here that are in power do not care about nobody but them and their families and their friends. It's not about making sure that society is well. When you have a well society, everybody's thriving. So that way you don't have to depend on the government for anything because you're dependent on one another. You're healed, you're happy, you're healthy. You have sustainable resources like a sustainable job, wages, housing. Your kids have you know, sustainable daycare. They have programs, they have big brothers, big sisters. They have all types of, Things like the Boys and Girls Club, they have art, like they have all, like, it's just whole. That is what it's supposed to be. That's how you get a thriving society. That's how you cut down on incarceration. Anyway, in this contrast to the traditional criminal justice system, which focuses solely on punishment, restorative justice seeks to repair the harm done and restore relationships between the affected parties. By focusing on the needs of the victims and the accused and the community, it seeks to create a more effective and just solution. It's simple, America. It is so simple. Get off the slavery and help your society thrive. Then you won't have to because everybody's making money. But here in America, it's like only certain people can make money. Only certain people can be elite. Not everybody can be elite. Only certain ones. Y'all, it's time to shift. It's time to shift the narrative. You hear me? Like, shift it all the way. It's 2024. We got to get off this 1800 slavery train. It's, it's old. It's done. And we have to move it. Like, us, the people, have to move it. And not stand behind these people of power that are voted in with their foolishness because we know they'll speak to an issue that bothers you and make it seem like they're going to do something about it. But then they get in there and they got their own ideologies and agenda and they go forth with it. Y'all, it's not about them. It is about your community. It is about you, your children, your children's children. That's what it's about. Anyway, unlike traditional prisons with highly security measures, Norway's prison culture favors decentralized facilities with a more open and human environment. 
These facilities are often resembled small communities, y'all. So they don't have a whole prison warehouse building where you either got cells or you live in an open bunk area and you're on top of one another. Like, and you don't have nothing but like this slit of a window. No, they have, if they have single cells, the single cells are huge. They have TVs in them, which I know some states will allow you to have a TV, not North Carolina, but they have TVs in them. They have a lot of lighting because lighting is important. Lighting is very important for your, your mental health. Okay. You know, they, I, I heard they have kitchens where they have knives, you know, here <laughs> you don't have that because the culture is so jacked up. That's why you can't have stuff like that. But there, they have stuff like that. And they don't have to worry. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I know sometimes, and they did say that. Craig did say they mentioned that sometimes they do have people who get into fights or, you know, they might have somebody stab somebody. or, But it's not like a consistent basis. It's not so bad where they got to have maximum security or they can't have knives. Like, they actually have a store. And their canteen store has everything in it. You hear me? And it's fresh. It's not this processed, privatized company that they use like America likes to use in pumping their people with preservatives. No, they're giving them actual food. This just gets me so riled up. Anyway, where incarcerated individuals have access to various amenities such as living rooms, kitchens, and recreational areas. The aim is to create a sense of responsibility and anatomy among the incarcerated. This strategy is based on the idea that people are more likely to be rehabilitated if they have a sense of responsibility and anatomy. Thank you. Thank you. They get it. All I can say is you, you see they get it. Like it's, just, it's simple. It is so simple. It also helps create an environment where incarcerated individuals can learn how to reintegrate into society and develop the necessary skills for a successful transition. This strategy has been proven to be successful in many of the incarcerated or sorry, many of the prisons around the world, leading to lower recidivism rates and better outcomes for those who are released. It also helps create more humane environment within the prison that can lead to better moral and fewer incidents of violence. I'm read that again. I'm, I'm, I'm read that again for all you state leaders that are listening because I know y'all listen. Let me let me let me read this again for you. It it also helps create a more humane environment within the prison that can lead to better moral and fewer incidents of violence. Since y'all think that everybody that prison is just so violent and there's no way to control the prison population without throwing in solitary confinement, Norway has been doing it since the 19th century. So please, I want, I want a state representative to tell me why they feel like this cannot be implemented here. And why it won't be successful when this country has been doing it for many years and to come. And they have the lowest recidivism rate. So that means you know what it can be done, but you don't want it to be done because you want to hold on to them, them state dollars that you're getting off of every bed that a person feels, right? That that's that's all that's what it is. Like stop trying to sugarcoat it and we just gonna say what it is. That's what it is. Difference between America and Norway is Norway doesn't have to depend on servitude to keep their economy going. They want to actually heal their people. They care about their people. Hmm. Let's get to the staff part because this is this is this is what all prison operation managers need to know and need to hear. This is for you. Okay. Positive staff and incarcerated relationships are another essential aspect of Norway's prison culture. Prison staff members undergo extensive training to develop skills in conflict resolution, 
communication, and empathy. Let me read that again for y'all. Let me read again for the ones in the back not hearing me. Prison staff members undergo extensive training to develop skills in conflict resolution, communication, and empathy. Okay? They don't sit there and treat you like you are nobody because you're in there. They treat you like you are a human. And we're not talking about them doing, you know, three, four weeks of training, maybe eight weeks. They do three years, okay? Three years of training before they step foot in that prison to make sure that they know how to have conflict resolution, correct communication skills, and empathy. You might have a few correctional officers that have empathy. And I mean a few. I can't even, it's probably not even a hand, a full hand count. And when they do have empathy, they get looked at and get told that they don't need to act like that. Why? Why? It's no excuse why nobody should have, should not have empathy for anybody. It's no excuse why there should not be correct communication and not saying, hey, inmate this and inmate that. It, it, offender this, offender that. Like, no, they are human. They have a name, call them by their name. Not state number, not offender, not inmate. They have a name, call them by their name. You wouldn't want somebody to call you that call you by something that's not your name. So why would you want to do that in your facility? You wonder why you don't get respect because you don't respect them. A lot of people just want to do their time peacefully. And you'll have correctional officers that come in there and think that they are running a daycare or they come in there and they take out whatever is going on in their personal life out on them. They come in there and have some type of controlled mind thinking. And that is disgusting because you don't have to be that way at all. This approach helps foster a sense of mutual respect and trust between staff and the incarcerated, creating a more supportive and rehabilitative environment. That is important. Mutual respect. They want you to respect them, but they don't want to respect you because you're in there. That's not how it goes. Everybody in their room. Okay, besides the babies that you got in there, but join everybody grown and overgrown. Some people probably are your elders in there and you treat them nasty. But you want to be respected. And if you're not respected, then you could throw them in the hole because they disrespected you or this and that. No, that's not how it goes. You have to you have, you have to earn respect to get respect. And when you have a mutual respect, you don't have to worry about that. And they don't even got to worry about that in no way because they understand that it takes empathy and mutual respect and trust between the two. This creates this creates an atmosphere of mutual respect and understanding, which leads to better behavior among incarcerated. Positive relationships can also help to reduce recidivism as incarcerated individuals are more likely to stay out of trouble if they feel supported by prison staff. Let me read it again. Let me read it again. Positive relationships can also help reduce recidivism as incarcerated individuals are more likely to stay out of trouble if they feel supported by staff. In addition, Staff members are better able to understand and respond to the needs of those incarcerated, which can help to reduce the likelihood of violent behavior. See, that cuts, that cuts a lot of stuff out right there. Just, just being treated like a human and getting mutual respect cuts a lot of violent behavior out. When you're actually trying to help somebody heal, you're cutting that violent nature out of them. You're removing it. You got plenty of people out here that want to come in and do peer support and help people heal. But in North Carolina, unless you're on the visitation list or yeah, unless you're on their visitation list, you can't, well, you got to be put on the visitation list, but they don't allow stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's basically got to be a family member or something. Like they just not going to allow somebody to come in and do peer to peer support because you got to think about it. You got some people in there who has lost literally everybody. Like they don't got nobody left because they all 
or deceased due to them having a long amount of time or being wrongfully convicted forever before they even got help. So they need peer support. That should be a regular program in prison. Peer support. Or even have peer support among them to help one another heal. A safe and respectful environment can be the key factor in helping the incarcerated to re-entry to re-enter society as a productive citizen. Proper training and support from prison staff can help to create an atmosphere of understanding and compassion, which can be invalued for incarcerated individuals and staff alike. See, staff has to change. Like the culture, this is what I'm saying. They have to change the way that they train these people. Okay, because they train them to act like that. They train them to be that way. They don't train them to have empathy or sympathy. They don't train them how to communicate. All they do is holler. It's like you're out here every day and hollering like they're hollering at children. They're not children. I've I've heard them make comments like, "Oh, this is the daycare and blah," but you work here. You 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 work here. You know about the daycare, but you, then why are you here? Go go work at an actual daycare with children and not in here with an adult or go work at a nursing home. What's the point of complaining? You're not helping the problem. You're not helping them be a better person. You're just complaining. It's not a daycare. It wouldn't be a daycare if y'all wouldn't treat them like they're not human. It wouldn't be a daycare if we didn't mass incarcerate and warehouse people like America loves to do. So now prisons are filled with babies, but middle-aged people and elderly people. So you have your whole society sitting in prison, being warehoused in prison. Communities, warehoused in prison. It goes from babies all the way to the point where they're putting palliative care units in prisons. Now tell me what can somebody do how can they harm anybody if they're about to be in palliative care? Why don't you let them go home and live the rest of their life in peace? Whatever time they got left. Like, it's just senseless. This is what they're doing with y'all's tax dollars. Mine, yours, anybody that pay taxes, this is what they're doing. Anyway, let's continue on. Norway places a great emphasis on preparing prisoners for life after incarceration. Reintegration programs are implemented to ensure a smooth transition back to society. These programs include assisting with finding housing, employment, and access to ongoing support networks. So they don't just drop you off on the side of the road or get you a bus ticket and you just dropped off at the you know, you're just dropped off somewhere. They make sure that you have sustainable resources when you come home. Okay? That's another important piece that we don't do. The goal is to reduce the chances of reoffending and promote a successful reintegration progress. Reintegration programs are designed to help ex-accused adjust to life outside of prison and develop the skills, knowledge, and resources necessary to make a positive life change. They provide access to job training, educational opportunities, substance abuse treatments, and mental health services. You can cancel the mental health services and you can cancel the substance abuse treatment. The ones they got here are garbage. Education, garbage. Additionally, they offer assistance with finding housing, employment, and access to ongoing support. Reintegration programs also provide counseling and mentoring services to help the ex-accused gain the confidence and motivation to build a successful future. Yes, because we know here in America, a lot of people, when they are released, they don't have no type of confidence. A lot of them have been warehoused for so long, y'all, they don't even want to come home. They're scared to come home. They'd rather live in that environment because that's what they have been subsected, sub subjected to for the last God knows how long. And they feel like that's the way it's supposed to be. They're, they don't even want to come back out in the outside world. And when they do, a lot of them have a hard time. Like they have really bad anxiety, depression. A lot of them, you know, try to find some way to numb what they experienced during prison. Like 
it's really about making sure that every person that is released is successful and that they're motivated and that they're confident. And the only way to do that is to instill mentoring services and counseling and mental health and make sure that you're always continuously trying to heal these people, even the ones that are, are wrongfully convicted. Like everybody experienced some type of trauma in their life. Everybody. I don't know not a person that has not experienced some type of trauma in their life. And you have to literally heal through that. You have to go through the motions. You have to heal from it. And once you heal from it, you don't react out of anger because you are healed. They also offer guidance on how to reintegrate into society and build a strong support system. So they always have support. No matter what, they don't just leave them on the street like they do here or tell them to go find a shelter or, you know, they can't get housing because they got a felony or they can't get food stamps because they got a felony. Like, no, they make sure that they're able to sustain or, you know, have available, right, availability to resources that will help them be successful in their future. So we're going to talk about now the architectural part of the facilities, like how it's designed. Norway's architectural facilities are designed to create an atmosphere of safety and respect. The prison cells are designed to be comfortable and home-like with large windows, you heard me say that earlier, that allow plenty of natural light to enter. You heard I say light is important for your mental health, y'all. The cells are... Also equipped it with modern amenities, such as television, I said that, computers, and recreational activities. A variety of communal areas, including the library, gym, and outdoor spaces provide incarcerated individuals with sense of community and purpose. It's important that they feel like they're in a community when you're incarcerated. Because when you are tore away from your family, like that is the worst thing ever. So having a sense of community and purpose while you're away from your family just makes you excel even more as a person. The prison also offers a wide range of educational and rehabilitative activities such as classes, workshops, and counseling services. All of these features create a positive environment and encourages growth and rehabilitation. These activities give incarcerated individuals the opportunity to develop job skills, create meaningful connections with fellow incarcerated, and gain a sense of fulfillment, which can help them reintegrate into society upon release. And there y'all have it. So this is why I say I think it is important that we really try to figure out ways that we can implement this into the United States. To be honest, I wish I could take every prison official over there to Norway and have Norway talk to all the prison officials here and tell them how wrong they're doing it and let them see for their own eyes how Norway's... And I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the prison officials hadn't even been over there and seen it by now. Like they probably already have and just don't want to... Just don't want to face the music that there is a better life beyond punitive punishment that you don't have to punitively punish anybody, that you can treat them like a human being and that you can successfully make your society better by implementing restorative justice in every avenue of life that you can. That's what it's about. That is exactly what it's about, y'all. So I'm, as an advocate myself, I'm definitely going to try to figure out some things but it's going to take more than me, y'all. It's going to take everybody. Everybody that wants to see a change, it's going to take us to push that because you got to understand people are the power. People have the power, y'all. Like we have to stop letting these elected officials think that they have power over us because they're just that elected. They're supposed to represent the people and they have not been representing the people at all. At all. That goes for every elected official just about. You have some that try to represent the people, but if it's not enough of them represent the people, then it's not it's not going to do any good, which we as we see it hasn't done any good. So it has to be everybody. 
And we got to be the ones to put pressure on them, y'all. Like, it ain't going to change until we say it's going to change. And that time is now. Because a lot of people who didn't realize what people went through in prison are now starting to see. People who have never been directly impacted by the system are suddenly now are being directly impacted. You, you can be in, impacted by the system at any time. You're not exempt. Nobody's exempt from being incarcerated. And then that's when you understand how dirty the system is, that it is not built on justice. It is not built on fairness. It is not about that for, for the justice system in America. That's not what that's about. It's about making somebody pay. Whether you did it or you didn't do it, you're going to pay. And you're going to pay severely for that harm instead of trying to heal both the victim and the accused. And sometimes you got the wrong, not, not sometimes, a lot of times you got the wrong accused. And so you have damaged another person for something they didn't even do. Well, y'all, I'm out. I had to get that off my chest. I hope y'all really do take in consideration of figuring out how grassroots organizations and even the, the people in power that understand this motive and want to see a change in their system and in their society and in their community really think about trying to push Norway's cultures, especially in the prisons. Because like I said, now your prisons are being filled with babies, middle-aged people, and elderly. So pretty soon, there ain't going to be no communities because they're, they're all going to be warehoused in the prison. So I'm out, y'all. Be safe. Take care. Stay out the police way because, you know, they're taking people up left and right. I always support somebody who's incarcerated. Reach out to them. Like, just look somebody up and reach out to them, man. I'm telling you, these people are amazing. Like, they they are some amazing people. And it's sad that we warehouse these people so much to, you know, the fact that it's like they're hidden from us. And so I encourage everybody to reach out to somebody incarcerated and uplift them because you never know what, what a letter or a message could do for somebody that's incarcerated that needs that inspiration for the day. You see what I'm saying? So I always encourage you to reach out to somebody incarcerated to see how you can help them heal. I mean, we got to start healing ourselves, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because government sure ain't going to do it and we can't depend on them to do it. So we got to do it. Anyway, once again, I'm out. I love y'all. I want more interaction. I don't get interaction from my audience, y'all. Y'all, please start interacting with me. Tell me, send me an email and tell me what is the best way you feel like you can interact with me, with Jeffrey, with the guest. And just share, y'all. Share this podcast because it has become a platform that has opened up so many doors for people that are incarcerated. I get that all the time, them telling me how much they appreciate me having this safe space for them to tell their story because we know all the time their story is never told. It's only the side of the media and what the other side wants to put out, but it's never their story in their words. And so here on Black Light, your story, your words, safe space, we're here. Y'all interact. I'm out again. No more. Peace out, y'all. Take care. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.